The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Good afternoon everyone and welcome to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods and I'm your host today. And our topic is... Um, beyond ADHD, which is uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and our guest is Jeff Emerson, who has been, been spending the last few years uh, online trying to educate um, the world, I guess, because you're online, about um, what ADHD is, um, how sometimes people are misdiagnosed, and um, the degree to which... Uh, our society plays an impact on the development of ADHD. And um, Jeff has written a book, um, which I believe is coming out in 2017, called uh, Beyond ADHD. So thank you, Jeff, for agreeing to be on our show today. Thank you, Mary, and it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. So let's start at the beginning, and can you share with our our listeners what is ADHD from your perspective? Uh, Well, that's a very uh, subjective (laughs) thing for sure. So great question. That's a good challenge. Obviously, we have the the textbook term or explanation uh, for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder uh, that the acronym stands for. from there, it really branches out, and I hesitate to go much further um, because it's basically set upon the criteria of certain symptoms or traits, if you will, whatever you know, whatever term works for each person. But you know, as far as a as far as a um, uh, the medicalized approach, if you will, in the, uh, the DSM, the the uh, essentially the Bible, if you will, to use a crude term that psychiatry and psychology often uses to assess and diagnose, uh, you know, there, there are essentially a, a set of symptoms in the checklist that they use. Uh, and if, you know, these symptoms are prevalent uh, beyond a certain degree in day-to-day life and are impeding someone's progress or interfering uh, with their life in a detrimental manner, then that's essentially how... Uh, you know, someone comes to be diagnosed uh, in a nutshell. I went through school. I graduated um, in the early 70s. And um, as we were talking before the show, I don't remember being aware of anybody in my classroom that exhibited the symptoms of ADHD. Um, the classrooms were, weren't huge, but, I mean, things were orderly. Um, they were quiet. I don't remember a lot of people um, being hyperactive. Um, is it just that people missed it, or has something changed in our environment that now we have so many folks 
uh, that have symptoms of this? I would say, and obviously I, I always preface by saying uh, for the interest of anyone listening, I'm not a trained physician. Uh, I have to mention that first off. Uh, and so I'm, you know, certainly this is obviously my opinion, uh, but it's been several years of, uh, in essence, beating my head against the wall with my own diagnosing uh, journey through, uh, and we can get into that later, but uh, personally living with these symptoms. But throughout the last few years, um, with talking with thousands of people and tirelessly debating uh, at times, reading, you know, researching in essence, I think there are so many factors, and, and this is, these are, a lot of these are addressed in the book itself, but there are so many. Um, again, I, I, I almost roll my eyes as I think of this because there, there are so many factors, whether it's, you know, like you said, the education um, system that you were going through was more structured, perhaps smaller class sizes, I'm guessing uh, you could confirm. But education is one aspect, definitely. Um, but if you look at the big picture, uh, and this is what I like to do because it seems that you know, a lot of people are missing, they're rushing to a diagnosis or they're jumping to this, you know, uh, maybe they're, they're given a diagnosis, let's say, as an example, and like I was uh, in 2011. And subsequently, they can potentially, as I did, attach their identity to it, you know, and sometimes a label or a diagnosis, if you will. Um, can really become our world, you know, sometimes things suddenly make sense when we're told, you know, you have ADHD, let's say, as I was, and I thought, wow, you know, my whole background, a lot of stuff I've been through, a lot of the racing thoughts, a lot of anxiety and other things, finally makes sense. But then, and to get to the point here, <clears throat> after further inquiry and digging deeper, um, when I was basically put on a medication and that was all I was offered as far as help, which was, frankly, uh, made me furious in hindsight. Uh, it's made me quite frustrated, which is why I decided to speak out. I began to realize that from things such as diet, nutrition, the technology, uh, to a very linear, often a very linear or, uh, you know, a very, uh, I'll just say linear education system that many are raised in. You know, like essentially if you don't fit in, you know, with our standardized testing and, and so many other things, uh, you know, or, or God forbid you're a creative or, you know, there's so many other factors. But with a lot of these things, this label, this uh, diagnosis of ADHD came forth and with the current level of anxiety in society with current levels of technology addiction, frankly, uh, with, as National Geographic mentioned, um, 44% of Americans, at least, receive less than six hours of sleep a night. Sleep disorders, such as sleep apnea and others, are easily, uh, they mimic the symptoms of ADHD. Um, so there's a lot more to it. I won't ramble on too much there, but there's a whole bigger picture which needs to be addressed. And that's, I think, a lot of that, that's one side of it. Also, I believe, and I'll conclude with this, that a lot of people suffered 
uh, I think a very small minority, frankly, suffered, however, back in prior decades because this wasn't recognized, the severe cases of it, potentially, and even non-severe, that could use some intervention. And by that, as uh, Dr. Ned Halliwell, uh, someone who I respect immensely, and we've spoken before, he said medication should never be the only, um, you know, the only help offered, the only intervention, if you will. That's just a quick Band-Aid approach. It, it can be huge and life-changing for a small percentage, but there's always the other, as I say, the other 90%, which is strategy in life, therapy, or types. And when I say therapy, that can be learning about yourself. It doesn't have to be with a therapist. Uh, there's so many other things to it, but... As you can see, you open the can of worms here. So, <laughs> yeah. Back to you. Well, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about um, if you went back fifty or sixty years. If you look hmm. at the, um, there were a lot more people who farmed. There were a lot more people who were working assembly lines. Where, you know, you're if you were a little hyperactive, that worked to your favor. You know, um, there were things that you could do to adapt that you would all get almost positive reinforcement for. And as we've become more technology-centered uh, society, you have to focus more. You have to be able to, you know, pay attention. And I think that, you know, 50, 60 years ago, if you did have ADHD, there were places you could go and, and be, you know, and for the lack of better words, maybe be okay because, you know, if you were working a farm, you were working the farm. I mean, it wasn't... There wasn't as much specific need for detail or focus. Um, right. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but you know, I was just thinking the world was a better place to more people in terms of vocational opportunities uh, 60, 70 years ago. That's a great point, and I, and I respect your wisdom in that, and I appreciate that, too. I'm... With this, I'm always learning myself. So as I tell people, though I've built, you know, a following uh, and been very passionate, I'm, I always love hearing different angles on it <clears throat> because obviously they can only benefit all of us. Um, so I, to respond to that, that's a huge, that's yet another branch of uh, inquiry or opinion here. Uh, another huge factor potentially is the, you know, the hunter-gatherer, um, background that humans have that a lot of that's been mentioned to me. Uh, people like Tom Hartman, who uh, will quite possibly be in my book as well. Some thoughts from him uh, and many other you know professionals in this realm, not just psychiatry, but uh, with all due respect, but social work, psychology, nutrition, vision issues, lots of other stuff. Um, I, yeah, I think. And I know I'm, I'm expanding here and uh, moving from your point a little bit, but I think what this keeps and may keep coming back to in this, in this show and what I'd like to really hammer home, if you will, is the fact that people need to look deeper and, and it's not convenient. Uh, we need to look at the reasons for the behaviors and we need to look at the nutrition, the childhood trauma, potentially... Uh, which can be a massive factor in misdiagnosis, though, you know, um, trauma and ADHD can coexist, definitely. But there's, there, there's massive um, misdiagnosis potential. It's sort of, 
it's hard for me to really delve into a lot of, you know, uh, topics on ADHD without first asking and replying, how do you know it's actually ADHD to begin with in this quick fix society? Uh, I'm, I'm very, you know, adamant about that. And that, again, isn't convenient because we want everything that we want now, right? We want, you know, uh, pardon any cynicism here, but we want to pop a pill, solve our problems. Not everybody, but there, there's a general, you know, the, it's, it's almost becoming more and more that kind of culture. Um, and I noticed that other areas of the world, whether they, you know, they don't diagnose quite as much, uh, but there's more inquiry. It's tougher to get that label and, and that prescription right away. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much more to look at. So, yeah, as you were saying, you know, if you're on a farm where, you know, we're 360 degree learners by nature, you know, we need nature, and, and I find now, as I've just turned 40, uh, and, you know, figured things out myself, I'm getting back into nature. We're about to move by the lake, you know. So, anyway, I digress. Okay, and we'll be right back <laughs> after this commercial. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. It's time to experience radical well-being. Learn to nourish your heart, body, and mind. Manifest your power in the present and learn to live your life's infinite potential. It's time to experience Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio with host Rochelle McLaughlin. Each week, you'll learn about essential skills and knowledge to help you discover and create your own experience of health and well-being and learn to be empowered to take bold and loving action toward manifesting the life you long for. Tune in every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. 
Welcome back to One Art at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and today we're talking about um, ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder, with Jeff Emerson, who is um, an online social media spokesperson for uh, mental health issues, especially ADHD, and he's also a passionate advocate for mental health and fostering a deeper understanding um, about what ADHD is and what it isn't. Um, so welcome back, everyone. And I think uh, one of the things that would be important to talk about, Jeff, is um, what other things can cause the symptoms that mimic ADHD that, um, that often cause people to become misdiagnosed as, with having an uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder? Sure. Okay. Um... Really quick, I want to mention first that I also a thousand percent will advocate for people with ADHD. So I just want to throw that out there. I know I'm pretty hard on it at times. Uh, so that's another segment. But as far as the conditions that mimic uh, potentially and are easily diagnosed or misdiagnosed rather, potentially as ADHD or ADD, um, <clears throat> there's a list that I regularly share online. Uh, from a website that gives, it's a starter list, I call it, of 50 conditions uh, that can, again, present uh, as ADHD itself, symptom-wise. So, to cut to the chase, anything from blood sugar issues, and I won't name all 50, obviously. If, if people are interested, I can, uh, if they're on Twitter, anyway, uh, or if they'd like to email me at jeffemerson.com, I can, you know, obviously supply the, the list to them happily for their awareness, but things like hypoglycemia, uh, Lyme disease, allergies. Uh, one I mentioned earlier was childhood trauma and attachment issues, toxic stress. Let me see off the top of my head another uh, vision issues such as, you know, uh, one that's called, well, for any optometrist or, you know, optometry vision specialist, convergence insufficiency. I know it's a big term. Anyone wants to look it up, um, or I can, you know, share that information. Uh, thyroid issues, sensory issues such as uh, hearing or vision problems, or you know, process, other processing uh, issues. Uh, lead levels. I seem to remember in Michigan uh, some, and I don't remember exactly, but you know, lead in the water was a big issue in certain areas. Lead. Lead exposure, even mild, uh, can, you know, present with these symptoms. Uh, things like seizure disorders, uh, you know, let me know. Feel free to interrupt when you want me to stop. But No, I mean, uh, these are all great examples of um, whether it could be environmental from lead or it could be, um, you know, some other type of illness masking it, childhood trauma. I, I think these are all things that, um, as you're saying, you need to be ruled out, even diabetes, before you rule in hyper um, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Yeah, even you know something like a vitamin B deficiency. <clears throat> a very passionate uh, friend or follower, as they call them on Twitter, uh, was sharing her story how uh, she was diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, one or the other, and found out that it was a vitamin B deficiency. Uh, and yeah, I haven't spoken to her in a while, but you know, she very passionately advocated for that. Uh, things like Tourette's syndrome as well. Uh, 
um, excessive amounts of vitamins. And you're right, yeah, early onset diabetes is another that's in this list, actually. Even heart disease and cardiac conditions or uh, bipolar disorder as well, uh, things. And I know, again, that's a can of worms, and I'm not a specialist, but this is for awareness. And that's you know right. why I do that. So, yeah, it, many more as well. Uh, and my so little plug I, would be the amount of caffeine and those um, high yeah. energy drinks that <laughs> the kids drink. And the obvious so ones, drink. too. Right. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like they just yeah. hype up everyone. Um, and, and video games. I know there are video games that are really in get your energy going, you know, and it's hard to wind down afterward. Um, so Right. I can't and, I, and I do imagine. have to say as an idea came to me, as a thought came to me, conversely, and I've talked to people such as prison psychiatrists who I, who I uh, have as friends on Twitter, great human beings uh, doing, you know, in prisons, obviously doing just, it floors me the, the, the work they do. Uh, how, as you were saying, some of these things can really, um, you know, they amp us up, if you will, or they get us very you know, very lasered in and but hyperactive as well, perhaps a lot of these drinks, uh, which I wouldn't dare touch, but coffee. Yeah, I touched that, <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean for, for sure. But there, there is the, the alternative there to be fair that in, in the balance with things like major cases in need of Adderall, let's say, or stimulants where they're treated doesn't mean they're in need of it, but I don't want to use the wrong wording. But some that are treated, it actually helps them calm down. And I, I, off the top of my head, I don't remember the science behind it. I can easily look it up, uh, as anyone can. But it does help to calm certain people down as well. Uh, again, people that are properly diagnosed. Uh, and so I have to mention that. But for, um, for the majority, for sure, you know, the lifestyle, the even, you know what, diet. Uh, and by when I say that, and I'll finish with this, as a former, um, I used to be into personal training and bodybuilding uh, and a little too uh, hardcore back in the day and even used steroids and briefly and did all that stuff. But the good thing I took from that was eating every few hours, you know, a proper diet. And everyone's different. It's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, some have issues with gluten and other things, all sorts of things, food additives, that sort of stuff. But, you know, even something as simple as not eating, you know, maybe eating only the two or three big meals a day, let's say, as we may have done in the past, in decades past, if you were working on a farm, right? Uh, that may have worked back then. But these days, you know, with blood sugar levels, mood swings can easily occur, as a lot of you will know out there, I'm sure, um, when, you know, missing meals and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. You know, as you're talking, I'm, I'm wondering about um, your own experience. And were you diagnosed as ADHD and it was something else? Or was it something else? Were you diagnosed as something else and it really was ADHD? No, I was actually... Uh, where do I begin with that? <clears throat> uh, to, to make a, a long story short... Uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD after having a few things ruled out, such as the bipolars, like, you know, bipolar one and two, uh, cyclothymia, 
uh, hypomania, that sort of thing, as well as, you know, obviously I was, I don't sure how, how much we want to get into my story and that's okay. Um, I think the main thing is to raise awareness here. I don't, I don't want to certainly I talk enough about myself online to share, but I don't want to do that exclusively. Of course, this is about, you know, raising awareness for folks. So the gist would be that, uh, after a suicide attempt, I was diagnosed. So, um, depression was obviously present and anxiety was something I was dealing with. Uh, but what happened from that diagnosis was that I was quickly, <clears throat> excuse me, quickly put on Adderall uh, and by a team that had assessed me in an outpatient. You know, after I after I went to the uh, went to the hospital, the the emergency room with my wife after attempting suicide, but not being able to fully pull, you know, fully do it essentially, and though getting too graphic. Uh, they referred me right away to an intense outpatient um, center, figuring I was safe enough. Now I know that may sound odd, but at any rate, a team then took over my care. Uh, several, you know, there was a psychiatric nurse or mental health nurse, not sure the official terminology, but a psychiatrist as well, a, um, a psychologist, and one or two other people as well. So upon being diagnosed, I still remember. Um, and I just have to quickly say this, the doctor, basically, I, I had done a little bit of research as to the cleanest possible medication to try because I didn't know I was clueless. You know, I knew nothing about ADHD at all. Uh, so, and I was 35 years old for reference. Um, and I suggested Adderall because I had read, and the reason I did that was because I had read that it's apparently a little bit cleaner, quote-unquote, than Ritalin, and I have no idea, and I'll be the first to say, don't search Google for advice. Don't ever compare your medication use with anyone else. Uh, that's a bad road to go down, but uh, if, I, if I may impart that wisdom, uh, but Dr. Google, I think, uh, was the term that uh, someone used, you know, don't, don't do it, but anyway, so I was put on that, and after a couple of months, two to three months, uh, for me, and this is where we get into the science, long story short, uh, even if someone finds that the medication helps them focus, that doesn't mean ADHD. There's a lot more going on under the hood that has to be looked at. That said, I'm all for whatever helps people, but uh, someone who's in my book, Dr. Tim Royer, uh, we get into all that, the science. So... Uh, that would take up a full show in, it, in itself, the, the autonomic nervous system and the speed, the processing speed of the brain and what the amphetamines are doing. Uh, so for me, uh, getting back to my story, the Adderall did absolutely nothing. I was already going very fast. It didn't calm me. It didn't make any difference. And admittedly, that was what made me wonder what was going on. You know, was there more to this? Uh, so, and I was already on blood pressure medication. So... In hindsight, you know, I'm just sort of shaking my head, thank God. And about eight months ago, I had a mini stroke as well. Uh, but that, you know, I'll say right away, there's no correlation between that and the, uh, and the stimulants that I know of. It's probably from, again, the, the former hardcore bodybuilding and stuff, just way too crazy. But the point being, I dug deeper gradually 
over the process of the next two years and beyond. And subsequently found out with working with trauma specialists and Dr. Tim Royer, who I mentioned, who did uh, several brain scans uh, as one tool, not just brain scans, but sensory processing testing. Uh, and all his info is in the, in the book as well as far as what his company does and all that stuff for any skeptics or anything else. Uh, these are all just tools in digging deeper, right? You know, a brain scan is not everything, and there's still more research needed. But I'll tell you this, and, and if I can take a moment to veer off for a sec, checklists are incredibly faulty. Um, go ahead. And well, we, it's time for a break, and we'll be right back. Okay. We can finish after the break. Thank you. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. This is Mary Woods. Our guest today is Jeff Emerson, and we're talking about attention deficit hyperactive disorder, and Jeff is a passionate advocate for mental health and um, helping people understand what is ADHD and what is 
how, what are solutions for it. And I think it's important for people to understand that in North America, there are around 30 million people who take medication for ADHD, and that's a lot of people. Um, Jeff, how did you decide to become an advocate for this? I mean, what led you? I mean, a lot of people get diagnosed, take their medicine, and go on and do other things. What made you decide mm. to be an advocate? That's a great point. I know. What, what, why, why this, Jeff? And I'm, you know, well, obviously I know, but <laughs> not everyone that does that, right? So, again, in being very blunt and honest, as I always am, uh, because we don't have time to be around the bush with any of this stuff, obviously awareness has to get raised. Uh, again, I, I had mentioned earlier a suicide attempt. So after that, and years of, you know, as, as people with, and without ADHD, with certain symptoms, years of battling with tons of jobs, um, uh, and this will lead to my response uh, context-wise, you know, hundreds of jobs, literally, um, you know, even trouble with the law when I was young, briefly spending, very briefly, spending time in jail uh, when I was young and hot-headed and had anger issues and, and textbook issues with my mom and other stuff which I worked very hard on, uh, and again, will be in the book. I don't have to ramble everyone's ear off here. Uh, when this diagnosis happened, I originally, it was like, and I hear so many people say this, it was like the heavens opened, <laughs> you know, metaphorically. It was like, oh, thank God there's a reason here, you know, not an excuse. I want to say to anyone, you know, as well, very firmly, no excuse but at least I knew there was a reason for a lot of the behaviors, the racing thoughts, the anxiety, uh, you know, starting lots of things, but not, not following through essentially, whether it was university or, um, and there are other reasons for that, or, you know, tons of other things. Well, I'm going to go and do this, I would say. And then, you know what, as soon as it became hard and I realized the work ethic that was needed, I would drop it just as quick. Uh, there was so much of that in my life is the point I'm trying to make here. <clears throat> so once that happened and I had that diagnosis, I originally was what I call pro-ADHD. Uh, and this is just for me. That's a term I use for myself. I was all about, okay, I'm going to go out, raise awareness, um, because that's always something I wanted to do was inspire people. I had no idea it would be with mental health. I had no idea. Um, and actually... As of this Tuesday, the uh, the fourth of October, it's actually ten years to the day that I started this book, or started writing a book. I didn't know it would be about this, so it's taken that long to uh, to get here. Um, and again, it it just started as an inspirational book on you know inspirational stuff and 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 achieving in life and never giving up and general stuff like that. So that's always been a part of me. I've always been an inspired, motivated guy, very driven uh, to a fault sometimes because we have to also learn balance. And as Dr. Ed Hallowell would say, breaks, you know, for, uh, you know, with people with actual ADHD, putting the brakes on can require medication as a last resort, or, you know, it's one of the tools in the toolbox, you'll say, and I fully agree, but there are, again, so many other types of things that need to also happen in day-to-day -day life, coping strategies, tools, therapy, potentially other things. But uh, So having said what I've just said, 
I began blogging. Uh, I think it was the fall of 2013. I jumped on Twitter and started speaking out, following people that were in you know similar areas, talking about anxiety, certain keywords, ADHD, depression, anxiety. Uh, and I just kept building it. And uh, yeah, so here I am now. Well, I think there are so many questions regarding ADHD because hmm. there are so many factors. Is it, is it diet? Is it environmental? Is it genetic? Is it, you know, hmm. that I'm sure that there are people just out there hungry for information just to figure out, you know, is this, is this me? Is this what yeah. I, you know, is this my experience? Is this real? Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. And I, like, as you said, I'm almost, might sound weird, but I'm almost getting chills as you're saying and thinking of my own story and empathizing with those people because I say, and again, it's not a, it's not a book plug, but I'm saying I wish there would have been a darn book like this out when I was going through my diagnosing journey. Whether I would have found it, I don't know. <laughs> but I wish there would have been, or there, even now, there need to be more books because these symptoms are so prevalent not with everyone, but they're so prevalent for many reasons today, uh, as you know, and many out there know listening. Uh, we need more books, not just on how to be successful with ADHD. We need more books on also, those are great. Those are awesome. And, you know, I, I know the symptoms like the back of my hand. So even I may write one like that. Who knows? Uh, because people without it are also you know, still have the symptoms a lot of them, right? So we need more books on, you know, not, not, just, not just how to thrive with the symptoms and, you know, potentially take medication. We need to look at the bigger, at, at people's lives, at other root causes as well, and there's no harm, you know, because like you say, so many people are thirsting, and I get that. Um, sometimes I wish I wasn't sort of, I, the word wouldn't be attacking or so controversial, or I'm not anti-meds at all. I've been called that at times, but I'm not because I've used them at times and, and they've been a lifesaver in the past, not stimulants for me personally, but I totally empathize. But the thing is, we also have to look deeper. You know, we just, I, I feel like I've been doing this for, you know, as I said, I started as the pro ADHD guy and then discovered my own misdiagnosis through childhood trauma testing, vision testing, um, I won't go on too much further, but I was told that I shouldn't have graduated grade three because of the convergence insufficiency of uh, the vision issue that I still have, um, you know, where that easily manifests as ADHD because I can get into detail if you'd like, but I'll stop there for now. Well, what are some of the solutions? I mean, you talked about uh, medication, <clears throat> but what are some of the other solutions for folks uh, who do live with the symptoms of ADHD. And that's great. Yeah, I, obviously I've, I've hammered away on the other side enough, so a lot. So in fairness to everyone, and as again, as someone who wants to inspire ultimately, not just to beta diagnosis, I'm, I'm looking so forward to moving on from that, frankly, and just empowering. Uh, some, some solutions as you'll read online or if you research, uh, aside from digging deeper into your life, you know, in different ways, and, and uh, everyone's different. And again, it's not a cookie-cutter approach, nor should it be. More structure can be needed 
for people. Sometimes nutrition um, can be a factor. Uh, I mean, there's so many variables. Uh, you know, a little less technology for some. I mean, I live on it because that's my bread and butter. But I really have to watch. <laughs> you know, it can really affect sleep and the racing mind. Definitely more exercise, you know. Uh, not for everyone. You know, some people already get a ton of exercise and still need help. You know, so I get that. There's so many factors. And we're human, so we, we're not, you don't have to be perfect. And that actually is another thing. That's where therapy, personally, was hugely helpful as well. Even if someone takes medication and it's helping, that's awesome. I'm all for it. But the other, as I call it, the other 90%, so to speak, is coping strategies, tools, you know, reminding yourself if you've got shame issues or guilt or, you know, uh, and as a man, I speak openly about that stuff. I'm proud to do it because men should speak the heck up. Um, I know I'm a little passionate here. Just had a great talk with a friend about that. Um, you know, men should speak up about anxiety, depression. You know, we're human too, you know, and it's, uh, and just, you know, some people are still in a, a little bit of the dark ages where, no, you can't talk or, or legitimately because of their career or other reasons. They, they're, you know, they're afraid to mention it, and I get that. Um, but I'm, that's why, I, not to be a martyr, so to speak, that's a very crude term, but I almost feel like, you know, I want to I cheer everyone on and help in some way, shape, or form. So there are, there are many more, um, I don't know, solutions of the word, but interventions or, you know, positive, uh, you know, focusing on your talents, focusing on your, your abilities, as opposed to beating yourself down for the challenges, you know, things that you may not be so good in. That's another one. And we'll be right back after this uh, commercial. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. 
Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods, and we're talking about ADHD today with Jeff Emerson, who is an advocate, um, a prolific blogger and social media um, writer who focuses on trying to help people understand more what ADHD is and how to cope with it. Um, I think that uh, what's really important, if you're listening, is that if you have been diagnosed with ADHD. Some of the things that Jeff was talking about is looking at ruling out some of the other conditions that might be, as well as finding support um, for ways to cope because medication can be part of the solution, but it's not the only um, solution, and, and medication alone won't um, always control all the symptoms. And Jeff, do you want to say a little bit more about um, that? You talked about exercise. You talked about um, some of the other things people can do. Um, how can they advocate for themselves? Yeah, you know, and that, there were a couple things. I know when I listen back, there will be things I missed or didn't say, and I've just written down two of them, uh, two of the several, I'm sure, but that's okay because who's mm-hmm. perfect, right? <laughs> but uh, take my own advice. But two quick things. I want to add, and then I'll answer that. Um, often gifted students, uh, Dr. Marian Kuzajanakis is a pediatrician and advocate for gifted learners. I wanted to mention that a lot of quote-unquote gifted learners and creative types don't fit into our education system necessarily uh, if they're going through the standard linear, you know, standardized testing, uh, sitting for hours on end, um, Again, you know, it's it's sort of like it's like having two strikes against you to begin with. Uh, and some of the some of the most innovative minds on this earth have some of these traits as well. I'm not saying it's everyone, obviously. With it, ADHD does not mean you're gifted per se. It's case by case with you know that sort of thing. But the point is, and now that I've said that, gifted learners are often they can be misdiagnosed. Sometimes, again, ADHD can coexist. It's, it's the brain, you know, we're still in our infancy as far as the brain and being aware of it, but uh, researching and studying it is a miraculous thing. But I wanted to mention that, first of all, the education systems can, sadly, uh, now, now that I've found out about, um, and I want to quickly add this, I know we're short for time, education systems being given more funding uh, based on the amount of ADHD diagnoses they have obviously to help, but that's a concern. Uh, there's more to that that can be concerning, right? So read between the lines there. Um, so this is all for awareness. And what people can do now to answer the question is 
you know what? Uh, there's so many things you can do. Obviously, I'm one guy. I'm doing it my way, the way that resonates with me. But for any of you out there listening, um, this is almost where I get choked up because I, I, uh, I've done so much of this from behind a computer. But sign, you know, being at book signings next year and that sort of thing and actually meeting the people face-to-face that I talk to um, is going to be, uh, that does it for me. I don't care about money. I don't care about other stuff. <laughs> you know, it's about the people. Uh, I can't wait. But you know what? Get online. That's one option. You know, you can do what I've done and build a following. And I often tell people how I've done it and share with them. Or, you know what, in your local community, uh, make an effort to, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, start with one single step, as they say. That's all I did. Whether it's in your school or if you want to volunteer somewhere, perhaps, or uh, if you'd like to, any, you know, there's so many, so many ways people can donate their time or money if they wish to organizations that help with mental health uh, or, you know, even something like being a coach on a team or I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you know, creating, creating, uh, there's so many possibilities. So I, I would, if anyone wants to reach out and brainstorm or, or, or ask me for a couple ideas, I'm happy to, you know, or, or share ideas. I love that. And how would they brain. reach out to you? How would they be able to contact you? Ah, yes. Okay. So through, if they're on Twitter, uh, definitely through there, they can send me a a message uh, if they're on there. And my email, I have to say on Twitter, my email address is now in my bio. It's jeff at jeffemerson.com. So they can look up the spelling there. Emerson is with two M's. (laughs) So very technical. But there's that. Uh, Again, jeffemerson.com is my website. And uh, I'm sure you guys will have, you know, a link on the website and that sort of thing as well. Uh, and, yeah, email, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm also on YouTube as well and LinkedIn if people would like to reach out to connect. And, yeah, so I'm always open to ideas. And, again, moving, one thing I want to say quickly as we close, there's a lot more coming beyond this book I know it's called Beyond ADHD, so pardon the pun. But I also seek to, regardless of what diagnosis or what people are going through, I am on fire for helping people, so to speak. I'm so driven by this. Uh, So I look forward to moving, uh, again, beyond just picking apart a, a diagnosis and getting to helping people with coping tools, other things, because I've learned a world of information from my own experience. Uh, so if I may say that, and I hugely thank everyone for listening, whoever listens to this. Uh, and yeah, if I wasn't doing this, I would be in trouble. Uh, not to be dramatic, but I would be. I finally found my calling professionally, and I'm grateful. So, you know, no one out there is alone in these struggles. So is there that. one yeah. coping tool that you can leave everyone with that you think is really effective for a lot of people? Uh, Great question, great question. If I had to pick one, actually, yeah. If I had to pick one, I would say, no matter where you're at, remember to be gentle on yourself. And that might sound odd or might not sound like a big thing, but compassion towards self. No matter what people are saying around you, I went from a jail cell, from a suicide attempt, from my brother's suicide, from 
like extreme, again, the worst, no self-esteem, despair. But if you still have even a spark, and it's, and I mean this, if you could see me, I'm clenching my fist. Do not stop. You know, just, uh, you know, just breathe and get to the next hour. What is the show called? One hour at a time, the next second at a time. Just keep going, reach out to someone, um, be gentle on yourself, whatever it is, no matter who you are, what your status, uh, male, female, successful, in jail, I don't care. We're all human. We all have potential. So that would be it. Um, you're not alone. <clears throat> That's for sure. And um, thank you for being a guest, and thank you for your passion and your advocacy for um, for folks that have ADHD. It can be a very lonely and often uh, misconstrued uh, world for them. Yes, and my heart goes out to everyone, uh, who, you know, everybody with it, as well as people going through other mental health challenges, even even though I'm um, in this book, which is needed in society right now, uh, beyond this book, frankly, we're all human. So I've, I've heard stories that brought tears to my eyes, you know, and it, it's, yeah, I'm sort of speechless now. So that doesn't happen often. Well, and I just want the audience to know that, that you live in Canada, and we are, and I, and I live in uh, the United States, so that, you know, at least in the States, we often hear how much uh, better health care is in Canada, and it sounds like um, the experiences for people that have ADHD are pretty similar, no matter which country you live in, in terms of the ability to be diagnosed, um, the availability of treatments, and the environmental supports that are available. I would have to say that um, I spend a fair bit of time in the States, and I love the U.S., huge fan. I love Canada, too, of course. Uh, <laughs> I just love people. But, yeah, it's, I realize that we have more, I don't know if you call it socialized healthcare, or what the term would be. We're more fortunate here, definitely, in Canada, where we don't have to pay as much for prescriptions and other services. So that's being cut back a fair bit. Um, and I'm not, you know, I know everyone's got their opinion on that. That's cool. I'm not, I'm just saying for me, I'm fortunate. Uh, I have to say that people in poverty or, you know, uh, people that aren't making a lot of money, uh, often, you know, in, in, in certain populations are diagnosed way quicker in more crude ways and medicalized or, you know, medicated rather. Uh, much more in a rush when we need need to dig deeper. So, yeah. And on that note, um, we will end the show for today. And thank you all for listening and have a great week. We appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.